Before we start today, we want to make sure you know about our Patreon page, and uh, that's Patreon. at Patreon. Pa- Patreon, which is French for Patreon, um, which is a page where you can go to support this podcast, um, and you can pledge as much or as little as you want and support what we're doing, and there's little bonus gifts that you can uh, get for different levels. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot, and Damon loves it. Yes, thank you for including me. In this. I felt like I was. I realized I had no information in front of me. I was just sort of like bogarting the whole. What thing. do you think, Damon? <laughs> anyway, go head on over to Patreon.com/slash Your Inner Child Is an Idiot and help us out if you don't mind. And now on to the show. I always confuse it with the Star Wars theme song. Me too, yeah. Bam, 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 Nope. Bam, bam, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that was it. Is it just the Star Wars theme backwards? Still Star Wars. Motherfucker. Wait, hold on. No, that's Indiana Jones. Wait, I've got it. Yes. Okay. Got it. John Williams. Superman. Super. 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 Superman. Then he just jumps out of the water and kills that naked woman. So rude. Such a. You know what I like about it? It's a gritty reboot. No wait. Really? I really want to. I feel like if I start with the quiet part and work back towards the loud part. Let's hear it. No. No. I can't do it. I'm trying to imagine like Clark Kent in a suit <laughs> and not in the Superman costume. <laughs> well, let's just do the Man of Steel theme is a lot easier. Okay. Is that how it goes? Yeah. It's two notes. Um, what a rousing piece. Did you see the latest? Did you see? Um, I caught it. The, court, the, the famous court case, Batman v. Superman. <laughs> what a, a Ruth Bader Ginsburg gave a blistering mm, dissent yeah. on that piece. That was Scalia's last judgment, I believe, <laughs> yeah. too. So. And the thing is, Batman has to give birth control to Alfred. Oh. He just has to. But there's a 90-day waiting period or something? I'm it's really weird. confused. It's weird. Um, so... That I have seen Batman. I want to say for the record, yes. half inebriated. It's on HBO right now, and I caught it, and I was like, "This is laughable." I um, watched it on a plane, and I actually got the person next to me turned and looked because at one point I, I was like, "Come on!" <laughs> I don't. I think it was actually the thing that upset me the most, despite the despite mi- everything, despite the myriad of other flaws, was. The score, because uh, every time that Wonder Woman appears, uh-huh. they jump to the Junkie XL uh, uh, theme, Wonder Woman theme, which is the. Wait, and it's what like, theme song is this? What's oh my Junkie god! XL? What are you saying to me? She has her own theme, you know, which is which is great. That's actually a very common thing, and it's supposed to be subtle. It's supposed to be like. Oh, every time, you know, Darth Vader, not only is there, like, the Empire... Right, there's the Imperial... Yeah, there's the uh-huh. Imperial March, but also, like, he has his own, 
you know, like, and then there's hints of it in the Anakin Skywalker moments, but yeah. in the prequels and stuff like that. It's actually really cool when you look into it and you learn about it and, um, you know, a composition, uh, as far as composition goes. And this is like the opposite of that. Like the score is, is fine for the most part, but then like every time she appears her theme and it's like a completely different genre of music and <laughs> right. it's like, and Cause it's they really, probably already wrote it for the other movie she's got coming out. Yeah. And it's six like six months. It's, it's really crazy. Like if you watch it again and it's like a switch, don't flips. make me, don't make no, me watch We're going to watch it again right now. <laughs> I'm, We're watching wait. three movies today. <laughs> if you wait. We're going to catch up on the DC multiverse, and then we're going to start the Superman. But today... Superman. We're talking about Superman, the original. Also, welcome to your inner child as an idiot. <laughs> Flawless. The podcast where we revisit things from your childhood and then see if they're any good. And we're going to watch the Ridge. Superman, well, not the original original. The, no, no George Reeves here. Get out of here, you drunk. The first Superman movie from 1978. Uh, Superman, starring, colon, the movie. The movie. Colon, you'll believe a man can fly. Colon, we've got two good movies in us. Colon, Marco Kidder, right? Question mark. <laughs> we got Marco Kidder. We got uh, Christopher Reeve. Started out strong, and then they, got, they, got, <laughs> they kept thinking about themselves, and they got really self-conscious, and they just started <laughs> yeah. like... It's like when people ask you, like, what are your greatest strengths? And you start with, like, well, I'm very punctual. And then you're like, I usually keep the toilet seat down if I'm in a room with uh, when where women are also. I like a uh, big lunch and a small dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, do you have memories about uh, Superman, colon, the movie, colon, you'll believe a man can fly, colon. <laughs> colon, Margot Kidder, right? Christopher Reeve in his best work since Noise is Off. <laughs> uh thank you i don't know why i said that like i was in a political debate yeah. i'd like to thank first off i'd like this to thank despite the I'd fact like to thank uh, uh, stratford university for hosting the debate um my brother really liked it as a kid and i remember he would watch it a lot and i remember as a kid i was never really into comics yeah he would uh, rewatch this movie specifically. this specific okay. one and i remember being like this movie is fucking long and even as a kid i recognized like it has very three distinct parts him mm. as a baby or right, as like a right. kid kid him as a teenager and him like living as the metropolis and i'm just like oh man when are we gonna blow up california already because that was my favorite <laughs> but the last part was my favorite part but i was just like when he was a kid i was like who gives a fuck yeah a flying fuck in this nice case. because the fuck being removed from the red sun of krypton was now able sure. to fly yes um oh and i mean as a kid and the slash kryptonian stuff right um, so I remember it being really long and not kind of being interested, but not really liking it. All is this much. Brando? Brando's in this is Brando. Okay. As this is Brando's most lucrative Jor-El. film because he asked for one percent of the gross. Oh, he pulled a Jack Nicholson before Jack Nicholson even knew to pull a Jack Nicholson. <laughs> I believe also he had to have his lines written like on cue cards off. Off like camera because Monroe he style, refused. Like, he refused to learn on them. the walls of the Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> right, <laughs> he's got carved in the fake ice. Um, so yeah, I don't have a lot of strong memories. I just remember it being really long, and I think it is long. I think it's over two hours. Mm. I wish I'd known that before I agreed. I wish I knew that before I took so fucking long picking up dinner. <laughs> <laughs> um, D- Superman is. I don't know about still is, but definitely was my favorite superhero when I was into comic books. It was Superman, Spider-Man, X-Men, and then Batman. Maybe Batman might be tied with 
some of those. It all with depends. With all on of the, the X Men, he's tied. Well, with X Men as a general title, genre yeah. of men. Um, it was a genre of men. But it probably just depend on whatever I was watching at that moment because uh, you know there was so many different things that were mm-hmm. out. But um, Superman was like. He was my thing. Having said that, I haven't seen this movie in a very long time, and I conflated a lot with Superman 2. Uh, well, they were filmed somewhat simultaneously. Yeah. Uh, but then in the, at the, when they were working strictly on Superman 2, the crazy like Czechoslovakian producers were like, they oh, yeah. changed out. They changed they Richard, Donner Richard Donner out for Richard Lester, who added a lot of zaniness mm. and a lot of elements that a lot of fans don't like. And then there's the Richard Donner cut. There's a Richard cut. Donner cut, yeah. but it still leaves the lamest part of Superman 2 in, which is when he gives up his powers, and they're like, you can never have these powers back unless the plot demands it. Right. <laughs> um, and that's, I, I also have a memory of this film having, I mean, I've seen this movie a few times since being a kid, but with the Richard Donner movies, there's always one part where I'm like, oh, right, I forgot that this happens in that movie. Yeah. And this one is the whole, the... Spinning the world backwards. Is that on, that is this That's one? That's this one. Okay, I thought that was two for some reason. To reverse time, I'm like, no, you would just send us all like flying Creating into off. space. Yeah, that is not what would happen at all. Uh, but it's interesting. and I still don't understand. Even if I accept the t- the terms of the contract that Superman has yeah. uh, given me of spinning the world backwards and then forwards again, I still like don't understand the logic. I'm like, are there two Supermen? fixing everything like one's still doing the stuff you just did and you're saving lois lane because Mm. otherwise you just sent everyone else to die to save this one lady yeah which doesn't you know what doesn't sound so super to me Mm. not so superman you love superman i do why why do i love superman i find myself ambivalent towards superman but also very defensive of superman it's a weird okay feeling for me, Def- you're defensive of him, like when people yeah, like attack. when Man of Steel was made. Not yeah. when I don't need to defend the actual Man of Superman. No, 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 he's not real, not physically. Um, <laughs> but if he were, he wouldn't need my help, right? Young man with poor bumper body strength, come here and save me. You could me. be his Jimmy Olsen. Aww, oh, little Damon. Um, you'd be his nerdy sidekick. <laughs> and I got a comic series of my own that was really lame. Oh yeah. Uh, I, I, like when Man of Steel came out and they're like, we're going to gritify him. Mm. Like, wow, this is going to be lame. And then when I saw Man of Steel, I was like, this is lame. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch this because I don't like what they've done with with the last two, the most recent Superman movies. Is that, there was. Yeah, it was just Man of Steel and this Man Batman. Of Steel. Well, and I didn't really like Superman Returns that much either. I was uh, fine with Superman Returns. It was okay. But that's okay. where my ambivalence sort of comes in, where my yeah. brother didn't like it because he was like, this is just Superman 1 again. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's fine. It's the same with Spider-Man. It's like, okay, no more origin stories. Right. Let's assume, let's give like a modicum of credit to how big the mythology of this character is and just be like, let's assume you kind of get the idea or like give me a five minute recap of where he came from if you're really worried about it. I think that's what I kind of liked about Superman Returns. It was like, all right, you know these two movies. Yeah, that's true. We're moving on. Um, But I don't know what it is. I just think they're not good movies. I think I don't mind the, the sort of the idea of gratifying it's a little bit played out because that's like the way that you handle a comic right. book movie is you're like, Oh, well, Christopher Nolan did it. And you're like, well, yeah, but that was, that for was a- already kind of gritty character. Yeah. And, and it's like, well, make it good and then worry about like how, what filter to put on the camera later. You know what I mean? Like, right. uh, and this, 
so I don't, I'm not necessarily opposed to just the, like the sort of realist as quote unquote, as big as you can possibly make with air quotes, uh-huh. uh, like the realism sort of aspect of it. But it's just like, just make it good and just explore what's interesting about the character. And what's interesting to me about the character is, is it's a idealized. Yes. It's a, it's an idealized character where you're like, you're Superman is, you know, it's the sort of like Jesus figure where it's like someone who, who, who is supposed <laughs> Man to be. Man of Steel will not let you forget that he is right, a Jesus right, right, figure. Yeah. I mean, it's very obvious in, in that movie, but it's like, uh, it's, you know, you're supposed to admire and, you know, try to, try to, uh, sort of model after, but that the sort of thing is that like he is struggling with that as well. Like he mm-hmm. can't, he can't save everybody and he actually does have weaknesses uh, in, in that first literally in kryptonite. And then yeah. also in that chicks. He, yeah. Well, he, he, he falls in love with this earthling and mm-hmm. uh, he can't always be there to save her. And sometimes I think they could have taken, and I think they, deliberately did the opposite. But I think when Marvel remade that first Captain America movie, where they were sort of stuck with this character who can seem really dated and kind of a goody two shoes. Yeah. And they sort of just leaned into it. Yeah. Whereas this one was like, how can we make him like a badass?" Right. And I'm like, who cares? Like at that, at some point it's like, you can put him in the costume for me, but if you're going to make him act like this, he doesn't seem like Superman. Right. Just seems like a guy flying around. And one of the things that has just annoyed me, even though I do like the Nolan Batman trilogy, like it sort of set this stage that everything has to be super serious. And I'm yeah. like, this was written by two teenagers in the 30s who wrote a story about a man who could fly. Can we all like lighten up a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I would even like to see, kind of like what they did with Captain America, where they, where they set that first one in the 40s, I would almost like to see almost an anachronistic, Superman, kind of what like 1989's Batman, where right it doesn't really take place in the 30s, but it seems styled in the 30s. Like this very, I don't know. I just like that Superman fits in that world to me. Of this, like men wear hats and suits and well, they, they walk around. Don't they kind of do that in this movie in the in the 1978 one? Like it is a little, yeah. I guess it bit. is a little bit. It is also very 70s though. I feel right, like, but yeah. maybe not. Um, and it has very cheesy moments. But you also get the Superman, uh, the origin story montage, which is my favorite part of an origin story, where they are first into their powers, and they're like, it just shows a quick thing. Look at all the shit they did on their first day on the job. Right. Um, I always like that in an origin story. Um, I don't hate origin stories like you do. I don't. I hate retread origin stories. I, I guess with Batman and Superman, I feel like it's so standard at this point yeah. like well we and part it. part of it's for me is very is very specific to me in that like i've seen all of these movies right and i've read the comic books like i know what the story is but like with every star wars movie, i mean it's different with star wars because they are they aren't remaking it yet but, right but like give them a minute yeah but like you know it's like it builds on the story that's great and you sort of assume that like well go back and watch that movie if you want to know the origin story yeah but because they're remakes they are literally retelling the same story and i think spider spider-man is especially egregious because within 10 years they literally retold the and it's like guys guys yeah Stop it. Um, I'm hoping they're going to shoot... Well, I mean, I don't want to say any hopes for this new Spider-Man, because I'm all, I'm actually just, like, really annoyed that it's happening at all. That a new Spider-Man is happening? The new Spider-Man. I'm pumped just because it's in the MCU. So I, they've they've done such a, a good job with the, the Marvel movies. And, like, you know, with 
you know, things I've got, I have got complaints about, but in general, I've been very happy with it. And it's, I mean, the biggest money making thing ever. So I'm sure and they they're keep all getting paid. closer and closer to actually casting a teenager as Peter yeah. Parker. <laughs> We're going to do it one of these days. Once we have the technology, I think Andrew Garfield is a fine actor, but like, he's the worst match to Peter Parker that I could ever imagine. Just like, he's a like super handsome, like 27 year old that they <laughs> cast as like the nerdy. I mean, at least he didn't like wear glasses and pretend to be, it was a different kind of nerd. He was more of like a social outcast than a, right. but it was still just like, I never saw any of those. Okay. Well, it was the, first one was was fine it was good but it was it was just kind of like i've seen this and then yeah. and then the the third act is at least a little bit more interesting because it's different but anyway superman um, oh right that guy where does i do love margot kidder i also want to say that for the record yes i love her yeah. like crazy and i kind of like amy the only like plus of these new supermans I'm just going to keep talking about other movies. Is <laughs> like Amy Adams as Lois Lane. When I heard that, I was like, yeah. yeah. But then a lot of times, like she usually like is solving a mystery in the first part. And then the last part, she's like, I got nothing to do. Yeah, She doesn't, she doesn't get much to do in the character. Um, but uh, Margot Kidder, I like as Lois Lane because she's the right enough kind of ballsy reporter yeah. but also sort of like not like clumsy like not thinking things entirely through just in every like right. she's sort of klutzy in another way that makes it work for me where she's not how she could be the she's damsel. not constantly in a damsel in distress because yeah. someone else came along it's kind of she's a damsel in distress because she goes into she doesn't think things through yeah. she goes in full tilt right yeah don't climb into that elevator on the eiffel tower lois don't think it through that's the second movie, so don't look at oh, that. Dang it! Sorry. Yeah, I do. I definitely do keep confusing them. So I'm, in, I'm, I'll be excited to see. You know, the first appearance of Gene Hackman's like Luther, all that kind of stuff, and uh, he's got that like sidekick guy, uh, Ned Beatty, so Mr. That's, Luthor. That's kind Mr. of very Luthor. like throwback henchman. He's got like, two sidekicks. Well, yeah, he's, he's got Ned the Beatty and the well. lady. Yeah, oh, we, I never did understand that whole dynamic. Uh, I think she was like. She was sidekick and maybe also a girlfriend. Yeah. Although I don't think the movie makes it clear. Well, let's find out. We're going to watch Superman, <laughs> the movie, colon, the movie, 1978, starring Christopher Reeve. And it is on Amazon as of January. Hey, Happy New Year, Damon. Oh, yeah. Hey, the hello. Yes. Hello. Happy, Happy New 2017. Year. We'll just cut that into the beginning. Yeah. It's on Amazon as of right now. So uh, check All it out. Right. We'll see you in a minute. Why don't you start talking about Patreon, Damon? <laughs> well, I'd love to. Uh, wait, how did you start the last one? I don't know how to naturally start talking about it. Well, just uh, we're right in the middle of the podcast. What would you want someone to say if they interrupted your favorite podcast? To Hey, guys. Sell you before something. we get back to the other part of the podcast where it's post-viewing of movie, insert movie title here, Please check us out on patreon.com slash you're in a child is an idiot. If you like the podcast, you can support us there. And depending on the level of support you give us in money, <laughs> uh, you got to say that or they'll, they'll, try, just, they'll try and swindle you. I've used Craigslist before. They'll try to trade you all kinds of things. No interesting trades, please. Um, you can uh, receive special gifts or call-outs from us uh, on the show. You can start with $1 OBO, as they'd say on Craigslist. What does that mean? Or best offer. Oh, okay. Sure. I'm not really good at Craigslist. That's why I've been kidnapped three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, you keep using misconnections. I'm talking about yeah. the classified section. I'm like, $1 or best offer? Am I doing this right? <laughs> best but pa- anyway. 
Okay. Sorry. Do it. Do it. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. Uh, again, check us out. Uh, it's patreon.com slash you're in a child is an idiot. Come on by. And now. Sit a spell. Back to the program. One dollar OBO. And we are, are back. 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 Well. Well, that was the movie. Yep. Uh, we just watched Superman colon the movie uh, from 1978 starring Christopher Reeve. And... Uh, you want to handle this recap? Um, we basically got... You were right in the uh, intro. We do have very distinct sections of this movie, so... Um, Here we go. Go ahead. Go ahead. Act one. Cut two. Wait. Jump cut. <laughs> do not forget the weird, uh, like, special film strip oh, that we I watched at the forget. beginning of the movie. I always that forget. I, have, I do not remember this at all. There's, like, a little film... little black and white curtain opens, and there's a little film strip that just... It's really weird because at first you're thinking, oh, it's going to explain Superman to us because it shows a, a quick Comic, shot of the action comics. The action very first. comics number one with Superman lifting a car over his head. But then it just starts talking about how the people of Metropolis during the Depression rely on the Daily Planet to get their news. So, and then I'm like, okay. So you're explaining the concept of newspapers, <laughs> which till maybe they were prescient and they know, like you know. People today will need some explanation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was really weird. And then it cuts to the aggressively belligerent <laughs> opening credits. They're just <laughs> coming at you. Yeah. Um, All the- I've never been so personally threatened by the <laughs> literal name of Phyllis All Thraxler. The micro- All the... All the Microsoft Word art flying at you that you could possibly muster. Did someone leave the screensaver on? It's just bouncing all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Act One, exterior, Krypton. Krypton. Uh, what we see is basically, um, I mean, the basic premise of Superman Two and Superman One. Mm-hmm. You're getting them two first. You get it twofer. all up. Uh, we're seeing Jor-El. Uh, putting uh, Marlon Brando, he's, he's, yeah, yeah, played by the Godfather of Soul. I don't think that name's to James me. Brown. James Brown, um, played by Marlon Brando. He's uh, he's uh, conducting a trial on three Kryptonian uh, traitors, I guess General Zod, yep, and the rest. Um, sends them off to the Phantom Zone. They're found guilty. Don't worry about it. Um, and then we find out that he uh, is going against the. Grand Council High of Council of, eld- of yeah. Kryptonian Elders. The uh, claiming- GOP of... <laughs> <laughs> right. Saying the- there's global warming, and they're like, mm. we got the oil lobby in here. We can't be going around talking like this that. This money says there isn't. Um, well, what all, they're all they are saying, he's saying that the planet's going to blo- go kablooey mm-hmm. in 30 days or less. Um, and they're like, and- No, it's just natural bulging of the planet's <laughs> core due to the red gas giant we're right next to. Kryptonian told polar bears we're going to go extinct anyway. Don't worry about yeah. it. It ebbs and flows the size of the sun. Um, <laughs> That's perilously close to our planet. Perilously. Um, 
Anyway, also, I'm not sure how the there's a lot of questionable science in this, but I'm not sure how. <laughs> Starting with a man flying. I'm not sure how the sun. The sun. It seems like that they make it so that they're the sun that they're next to the red sun is responsible for this, but the planet explodes. <laughs> so I'm not sure what the sun did to make that happen. It didn't like shoot a beam at so it. So you're saying we were victim blaming of the sun. Well, I'm just saying, okay, move on. Sorry. Uh, so they make Jarrell promise. He's not going to leave mm-hmm. because he's an elder. So what he does, he says, I promise, but I'm going to stick my son in a giant Christmas ornament that I'm going to yes. shoot across the universe yeah. To Earth, because Earthlings look exactly like us, and, and luckily, even though he'll be super strong, he'll be able to blend in. I got this crystal sea urchin that I'm going to shove my baby in. And uh, we rely on um, crystal technology here on Krypton. That's what you were saying. That was my while Marlon Brando. We're, while we were watching it, it's it's very evident this was made in the late 70s because of, the, well, if it's future, they must be relying on the power of crystals. Shirley MacLaine was their future mm-hmm. <laughs> technologist on this one. Have you ever thought about crystals? These um, can read your aura. End of Act One. Boom. On to Act Two. Smallville, Kansas, a made-up town in Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, Ma and Pa Kent mm-hmm. are driving their anachronistic old car around. I yeah. guess it's not. It's like Maybe, the fifties. No, it probably was the fifties. Yeah. Um, and uh, a meteorite or some such mm-hmm. crash lands next to them. Mm-hmm. Little baby comes out, jacks up their car. Yeah. Because they get a flat tire from swerving around. From swerving around. Everyone in this movie, their response to phenomena on the road (laughs) is to just accelerate (laughs) and start swerving around like mad. Everybody knows brakes were invented in 1986. (laughs) So, In the 70s, you would just stop accelerating your car until it slows to a stop. And then you would use your feet, a la Fred Flintstone, (laughs) to stop (laughs) the car. Um, They find uh, Superman. Johnny mm-hmm. Superman, mm-hmm. Uh, and raise him as their own. He becomes yep. a teenager. You find out that he sort of represses his super strength. Yep. He's like the water boy for the football team rather than being on the football team, which he mm-hmm. kind of resents, but his dad sort of says, look, you were put here for a reason, and I don't think it's to score touchdowns, which I have to commend him for because I feel yeah. like any parent today is like, get back on that field. Yeah. We're going to practice 20 hours a day, and I'm going to talk to your teachers to give you buys on all your tests. Um, <laughs> what was that? Uh, where was your dad from? <laughs> <laughs> My dad was one of those guys that just has an unlit cigar in his mouth at all times. You're going to be a star, kid. <laughs> My dad was both from the present and also from the past. Yeah. He went to sleep with a fedora on his head. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. A lot of guys did it. Um, his <laughs> age? I don't know. His age. His age. Um, pa Kent dies. Oh. Sorry. And then on Superman's uh, 18th birthday, mm-hmm. he hears a... Please throw this piece of crystal into the North Pole. Right. Uh, he hears a crystal calling to him, and so he leaves his maw and uh, heads up to Snow, which I guess is the North Pole. It seems like seems the out of the way. I feel like there's places in Alaska or even just you know Canada. Maybe that are it's South deserted Pole. Is enough. it the Antarctica? It could be. I would feel like that would make you can't walk to the South Pole. I mean, you probably can't walk to I the can't. North Pole either, but <laughs> my brain will allow me to believe that. Well, I guess so, but it still seems. Yeah. I guess I'm gonna walk all over, and we also don't know if he knows he can fly yet. Yeah, that's true. So he spends the next twelve years mm-hmm. as it's 
sort of presented in the, it's, we get a lot of uh, Brando's voice and weird pictures of the cosmos question mark or sand art that <laughs> Marlon Brando and his son made at the County fair. Um, and it explains that he'll be basically learning everything that they know on Krypton, the history right. of Krypton, the history of the the earth and the universe as they know it. All, I guess and, learning all about his powers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's what he spent the next 12 years doing. sweet-ass suit. Yeah. And yeah, all of a sudden he has the red suit. Oh, it also... So it's like he, graduate school. Like he's a doctorate in Kryptonian yeah. studies. Now. And this all happens in the Fortress of Solitude, which just sort of springs out of nowhere when he throws the green crystal, which is not kryptonite, I guess, but it looks like kryptonite. No. Yeah, it's just a nice, nice little emerald number put around it on the It's the only color they could come up with for important thing. Um, so he throws the crystal and it grows the fortress of solitude, which is where he learns all the stuff. Moving on. Act three. Dung. Metropolis. Another fake place. Yes. Um, we, uh, we open on the daily planet where they're hiring a new reporter, Clark Kent. Um, I've heard of him. Who's handsome, but he was also. He's in Gone with the Wind, right? <laughs> Why that's Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> Uh, he, uh, he's a very, uh, tepid, not tepid, timid, timid. and, uh, might be tepid. I don't know. You might say mild mannered. Yeah. You could say, they even literally say mild mannered reporter yep. at one point. Um, and, uh, he sort of slouches and is, uh, even though he is a very broad shouldered tall man, um, I don't know where I lost that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> even though he is a broad shouldered and tall man, no one mistakes him. We'll figure it out in our post game analysis. For a Superman. <laughs> for an Ubermensch. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he's uh, sort of being trained on the job by Lois Lane. Yeah. Played by Margot Kidder. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Jimmy Olsen. He wears bow ties. Yep. Harry White is his editor. Yep. Blah, blah, He's blah. He's the no-nonsense, tough-talking, classic newspaper editor. Over the course of Act 3, um, we see him save Lois Lane from getting mugged. Yep. Saves her from falling out of a helicopter, which yep. has the classic scene of, I've got you. If you've got me, who's got you? Mm-hmm. Um, who's got you? <laughs> it's kind of Scooby-Doo-ish. <laughs> Re-raggy. Um... And uh, then we have a like a fun montage of him stopping all these criminals. Very busy night in Metropolis yeah. because he uh, it's a cesspool. He saves Lois Lane from the helicopter. He uh, stops a very old fashioned burglar who's like suctioning, covering yeah. him his way. Uh, Batman, the '60s TV show style, up yeah. a, uh, a building. And I'm like, what's the end game? Their windows all the way up. Well, he had jewels, so he got something already. I but guess. he was still going for more. I'm not really sure. He obviously—it's the had- jewel building where Metropolis keeps all of its jewels on every yeah. floor. Uh, he also stops uh, some, uh, uh, you know, a high-speed chase. Um, yep. He then Gets, he saves he, a cat. He pulls an, an entire boat out of the water. Yeah, because he has to arrest is- some gentleman, which seems overkill, buddy. Yeah, what are they supposed to do with that boat now? That's in the middle of right. You're just going to have to come back and remove it again. Yeah. Uh, And then he saves a cat for a girl who has her cat in the tree. And then when the girl goes to tell her mom, like, (laughs) this man came out of the sky and saved our cat for us. And the mom says, didn't I tell you not to tell lies? (laughs) I'm like, Jesus. (laughs) 
<laughs> and I guess that's a laugh line. I guess. Ugh. We also at this point meet Lex Luthor, uh, a very a man who thinks very highly of himself. Yes, and um, has two very horrible sidekicks. Yeah, really- uh, I mean, good for us, the audience. Horrible for him, a mastermind yeah. criminal, Miss Tessmacher and Otis Otisman. Um, played by Otis Spunkmeyer, <laughs> heir to the Otis Spunkmeyer <laughs> cookie Before fortune. Before he saved himself in prison by coming up with fantastic cookie recipes, he with an, an unfortunate a- name. <laughs> oh, Spunk! <laughs> uh, uh, Lex Luthor—he's a villain. Uh, blah blah blah. He's the yeah. worst. He's buying up a lot of land in California, and he's going to blow it up. Superman to, uh, agrees to do an interview with Lois Lane, where oh, yeah. we find out, one, he weighs 225 pounds, two, Dubious. can't see through lead, mm. three, he never lies, four, despite Asterix. gaslighting a woman <laughs> for the entirety of this film. Uh, Not he, just her, like anybody who works the in the world. daily yeah. Um what else did we learn that's important to the, the climax? Now, I want to say, I don't think the Clark Kent lie is a bad lie, but it is a lie. Yeah. So the whole, like, I don't lie is just irrelevant. It's, it's just a lie. A lie. It's like that word, that mind game that yeah. you have sometimes. You have, like, three I, people I'll that lie. I'll tell one lie and a truth. Is this a lie? I don't even know what the mind Mind trap. <laughs> Remember that? Yeah. Anyway. So once he does this interview, first off, he flies around with Lois Lane, which, mm. again, he accidentally drops her. She starts screaming in her Margot Kidder way. He has to save her. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why did you let go Why of this woman? Why did you let go of the woman? Just hold her tight. Yeah. She can't fly. Yeah. Um, we also find out that now, after this interview has been published, uh, Lex Luthor starts doing some research and realizes that, oh, if uh, Krypton exploded in 1948, there would have been pieces of meteorite, radioactive some, material some that would kill him large for reasons. Leaps, but he figures out, yeah, uh, that kryptonite exists. And there was basically. a piece that landed in Addis Ababa. Anyway, this is starting to lag. Yeah. We also find out that he's buying all this land, yeah. and he plans to blow up the coast, the San Andreas Fault, to send the the west coast of California off into the sea, and then he will own the new west coast. Beachfront property. Um, he does a dog whistle trick to Superman to lure him to his lair. Yeah, is on his subterranean. In a real big jump, we find out that Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen are doing us a report on the very land fraud deals yeah. that uh, Lex Luthor is committing over in, by the San Andreas fault. Mm-hmm. So they're in peril because two missiles, two test launched missiles uh, have had their coordinates changed by Lex Luthor mm-hmm. in a very awkward scene. Yeah. He stops the missiles from traveling um, and has Miss Tessmacher after a bungled attempt by Otis, he has Miss Tessmacher lay out in the street. As if she's been, uh, they, if she's they been in a horrible car, car wreck. Remote, and then um, she just And Larry out. Hagman yep. from Dallas and I Dream a Genie says, oh, we need to do some rigorous chest uh, yeah, the, massage As soon as they find her, even mouth. the soldiers are like, hey, hey. And it's like this. Ooh-wee, a, whole, a really hot car wreck victim. Never seen this. 
a and hotter then, victim of a horrible car wreck before. <laughs> uh, and then Larry Hagman says, oh, well, I'll give her mouth to mouth and some vigorous chest massage. Then he has his troop, his men surround him and then, and then face out. And then I'm like, so am I to assume he's assaulting her? Uh, yeah. I guess and this so. is played for laughs. Wonderful, Superman. Can we have any entertainment <laughs> where women aren't horribly assaulted. I know I'm a man and this is probably one of the first times I'm realizing it, but it's Jesus Christ. Can we just have one thing where <laughs> just, women aren't treated horribly? No, no, no. Said the seventies. Um, no, no, <laughs> no we'll get back to you in never years. <laughs> anyway. So the, the missiles get launched. They start shooting off across the United States. And uh, so there's two, Two missiles, yeah. Going One heading directions. to California, and one's going to Hackensack, New Jersey. The classic is, smart villain versus our hero thing, where they right. make an impossible situation that you just can't feed. The Kobayashi Maru. Mm-hmm. So, uh, meanwhile, uh, Superman gets uh, um, Lex Luthor tricks Superman into to, uh, opening a box, a lead box that has kryptonite in it, and he places this big chain link uh, kryptonite necklace on. <laughs> on uh, um, which looks really nice. It actually no, it's, the it's colors, classy. But, what I like about it is it's subtle, but it's killing Superman. Right. So he uh, pushes him into the pool. So he's like kind of half just dying from the Christian, half dying from the from the pool, from drowning in the pool. Um, and he's like, "Hey, I'm sending one missile to kill your lady and all of California, and one li- missile to Hackensack." And then Miss Tessmacher's like, "What? My mom lives in Hackensack." And, oh my god! And that's when she goes to save Superman. Yep. Takes off his emerald necklace, his mm-hmm. kryptonite necklace, mm-hmm. um, and makes him promise because he never lies. Sorry, Miss Tesmacher, yeah. wrong again. Um, she makes him promise to go stop the one in Hackensack, which I assume he does, even though it shows it zooming across uh, desert like, terrain. Yeah, like uh, northern New Mexico or something. So I'll, I'll accept that's western New Jersey. Sure. Um, he sh- pushes that one off into space. Don't forget. Tessmacher also assaults. Uh, oh yeah, she kisses. <laughs> she kisses one Superman for one without uh, permission. Uh, while he's still unconscious from the kryptonite, so then he goes back to save the other missile. But the other missile hits. He doesn't get there in time. And uh, all this uh, falderall happens. Uh, a school bus almost falls off the San Francisco or the the Golden Gate Bridge. The Hoover Dam explodes. Uh, the Hoover Dam explodes while Jimmy Olsen is like, conveniently on it. Yeah. Um, a town underneath the Hoover Dam almost gets flooded. But he, you know, he does all this stuff to try. You know, he moves boulders. He, he to dives dam into the-, the mantle of the earth and pushes yeah, up the crust uh-huh. at one point, and it kind of reverses some of the damage, but not all of it. And then. Uh, a fault line, an extraneous fault line, almost swallows Lois's car, and mm-hmm. you know she's suffocating under all this dirt, and she dies. Yeah, and that's the movie. And we get our credits, and then that is it. Sometimes you got to make sacrifices. You can't save everybody. Exactly. Dark, gritty reboot. Wait, no, false. No. He is overcome with super sadness. Yep. Gets super angry. Super flies into the super space and spins around the earth at super speeds to spin the earth backwards and then forwards again. So he just rewinds the clock. Right. Where we presume that there's a second Superman. Yeah. This is where it gets fuzzy. Yeah. There's a second Superman still doing the stuff he did originally, saving Hackensack, New Jersey. And he goes and stops the other missile. 
and saves Lois Lane. How cool would it be if Superman 2 was about that other Superman or like just living his life? They like me because as your wife pointed out, because at first we thought, oh, well, Superman then would the second Superman would go back in time to stop the thing, but (laughs) first Superman stopped that, so there'd be no reason for him to go back. Yeah. Maybe that's why we get the Bizarro Superman in Superman 3. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's just pretend that didn't happen. Okay. But we have to because now Lois Lane is alive. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's angry that her car's out of gas. And he's like, oh, well, I was doing some stuff, Lois. Yeah. Um, and he's quite chuffed that she's still alive. And she flies off. And Jimmy Olsen and Lois Lane realize that Clark's never around whenever Superman's around. And I wanted to say, well, you're in California, which is the other end of the country, presumably from Metropolis. But whatever. Mm. And then uh, Superman flies off to the space, not before giving the audience a little wink and a smile. Mm -hmm. That's that bedside bedside manner I look for in my Superman. And then we're punched in the face with credits again. (laughs) (laughs) That is Superman colon the movie. Yeah. Um, so you're a Superman fan, super yes. fan. Uh, what did you like about the movie or things you didn't like? What stu- stood out in the yeah, movie? Yeah, I'll give you some stamps. Uh, I would say Christopher Reeve is, I can now say with authority, having seen all of them somewhat recently, the best Superman to Clark Kent transition, in yeah. my opinion. The, the like, difference is... Pretty stark, even though it's still pretty obvious it's the same guy. But he does a really good job of changing who he is and like the personality and like even in that scene where he's um where Superman comes to Lois Lane's apartment and gives the interview and then takes her on a flying lesson and drops her and whatever. Um right after that there's a pretty cool scene where he flies off and then immediately in one shot Clark Kent is at the door, and that was pretty cool. Yeah. And uh, I guess they use some film trickery where they use like a, a movie screen where he's flying away yeah. to kind of do that trick. But in that scene later, Clark Kent is about to confess. Lois is in the bathroom, like getting getting something. And um, Clark Kent takes off the glasses. He wants to tell her that he's mm-hmm. Superman and stands up straight. Yeah. And says in his Superman voice, Lois, I have something to tell you. And then she comes out and as soon as he sees her, he can't do it anymore. And he puts the glasses on, hunches over and then goes back to his Clark voice. And it's amazing. Like just watching him do that transition. I mean, it's, you know, it's not Daniel Day Lewis, but it is, it is like, no, it's, is it, it, for, for what it is, which is like a, a campy cartoonish thing. Like it's, it's pretty amazing. It's, he does a really is, good job. There is a very, I mean, there is, because Superman is so laughably, like, the Clark Kent uh, persona is so laughably, like, glasses. Yeah. <laughs> I did right, it. Yeah. Um, it really takes a really good actor to be able to sort of convince you that he'd be able to convince people. Right. And, by, and I think the trick is to make Clark Kent such a non-entity. Yeah. Uh, as to, and I would say... I think that even though Brandon Routh was a subpar Superman, I think he really does a good job as Clark Kent in the scenes where he's Clark Kent because he also is able to seem like a guy you would easily overlook. Right. Because he also has a very slim, uh, Brandon Routh has a slimmer build than Christopher Reeve. Yeah. So he doesn't necessarily look stacked. Like when Christopher Reeve is in a suit, you're like, sir, you're the size of a barn he's door. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, but he does, I mean, Christopher Reeve does that, that he, in that scene, you realize what he's doing yeah. to convey that Clark Kentness, right? Um, and that's really 
It's impressive. Amazing. It's yeah. an impressive it thing. Is. It's not just a, I part my hair on the other side. Yeah. And get a spit curl Like, I think, uh, who's the re- most recent? Henry. Uh, Henry Cavill is the, like, I'm like, obviously, that's Superman. That hot he, guy in the office. Yeah. Who's just he's, wearing, like, a, wear, a flannel shirt, like, open to his, like, chest. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's a, a, a fine, like, a fine actor. I don't think he is the problem right now with the Superman thing. But, like, he's definitely not transcending anything with that sort of playing. I think he is part of the problem, but I well, would Okay. Well, I don't think he's the biggest. A lot of glowering. I'm like, yeah. ugh. Well, I mean, I, I don't know what, like if Christopher Reeve, you know, if this were the seventies and they made that movie, I don't think he could save it either. You know, anyway, no, I, I would agree. Yes. Um, it's not the hill I want to die. Once, once again, Batman V Superman is not what we're talking about. <laughs> um, the other highlights were I, I thought Gene Hackman was pretty good, uh, and I like I like the the sort of dynamic of him and his bumbling right um, henchmen. Sort of, he speak. is very good, and he um, I don't know. Sometimes it's I like with Kevin Spacey in Batman Returns. I feel mm. like he's a little over the top, whereas yeah. this one he's just the right kind of menacing. Where he's yeah. just like he's. He doesn't seem ineffective. Like, he right. actually gets his plan really... I mean, in theory, he actually achieves yeah. his plan. He does outsmart In one Superman. alternate universe. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, uh, I mean, he used, the first thing you ever see him doing, even before you actually see his face, you see him killing a man yeah. by, like, th- using, like, his uh, some mechanism to push a guy out into the middle of a... Yeah. In front of a subway train, which is kind of actually grisly when you think about it. Yeah, for a very like kind of G-rated superhero movie, he kills at least three people. Yeah, not not including the people he k- presumably kills in the alternate universe, right? In California, which is like billions. Yeah, of people. like a billion people or at least millions. Um, and so like he does have that sort of he has menacing quality, but also like he he's very funny and and he's like. Uh, very full of himself. And so he says a lot about his IQ and it's, it's kind of that classic, like, Oh, you want to see him get his just desserts. But it's funny. Like I never really thought deeply about the fact that this, like Lex Luthor, Luthor versus Superman is like a classic, like brain versus brawn right. thing where like his, his like the most powerful person on the planet is arch nemesis in the comic books. And in this movie is a guy, a really smart guy. Yeah. Which is kind of awesome. Like when you think about it, it's actually like the reverse of what our like a classic lesson is, which is like always, you know, think and brains always beats beats brawn. But this right. is like, well, actually, Superman usually. We're wins. gonna be rooting for brawn here. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, and I think I mean uh, Gene Hackman famously refused to shave his head yeah. for the role, and um, I think their compromise of having him wear his Outlandish. hair constantly changing. Yeah, I liked um, it. I thought that was a smart move. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I like Gene Hackman and, uh, I think a lot of the tones of the, I, I, I'm also, I can't help but bring up Man of Steel again. When I think of the Kryptonian scene with Marlon Brando and the gloriously campy Terrence Stamp as General Zod. Yes. Um, who, if one day I would also like to watch Superman too, because I love him so much. Mm -hmm. My brother used to date a guy named Houston. And, uh, excellent. Yeah. And, uh, my, uh, I used to refer to him as planet Houston because that is what Terrence Stamp <laughs> thinks earth is called after running into some astronauts on the moon. Right. He thinks that earth is called Houston. So this is planet Houston. <laughs> 
uh, which I would often say to Jason, and he asked me to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Please stop. No one gets your reference. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, um, those Kryptonian scenes, I even though they are ridiculous looking in a certain way, right? They do like they convey just enough like futurism that I buy into it. And I also don't have to stay there very long, I feel like. Right, yeah. Unlike Whereas the, I feel like in Man of Steel, it was yeah. like, wait, is this the Flintstones? Or is this the future, like some sort of futuristic <laughs> like culture? Because I'm getting really confused. And everyone seems to be wearing like brown rags. Yeah. Um, please don't make me spend any more time with Russell Crowe than I absolutely <laughs> have to. Well, I have some bad news. Russell, come on in. Oh, no. He threw a phone at me. Hello. Um, just off mic, so you couldn't hear it. That's yeah. why it was so quiet. Well, it was it was a cell phone. It hit a pillow. <laughs> it was a Nokia. It was really small. Um, I will say this is not to interrupt you, but the this is a very non obnoxiously set up sequel for a sequel setup because uh, usually when it's like oh there's going to be a sequel, it's kind of obnoxious in my opinion. Where it's like just make a movie. <laughs> and like, you know, a little teaser after the credits or whatever, there's one thing, but like the whole, like this movie is just a setup for another movie kind of bothers me, but depending on how it's done, but this, like the beginning scene where they, like, they could just be setting up that he's a part of the council and that mm-hmm. these are bad dudes and you kind of forget about it. And then it does come back in the second movie. Well, I feel like I will push back on you there and that okay. I do. I mean, I don't think it's obnoxious, yeah. but I mean, it is obviously like the only th- reason this is here is to set up that these people also escaped Krypton yeah. in a way. Um, because it never comes back into play in this movie. Yeah, that's true. So you could yeah. also like say, this is the grandfather of every Easter egg in every fucking movie I have to deal with now where it stands out like a sore thumb. It doesn't feel like this stands out like a sore thumb because it does do some plot work yeah. in that it sets up how this, how the Krypton count, the works. works and that sure. he's part of the council and, um, it is more, but it is like, here's more, this scene with yeah. these people we'll never encounter again for the yeah, rest of the Yeah, they give them names time. and right. say what they did for no reason, really, in this movie. And this also is the first time, I mean, this movie was filmed subsequently. I don't know if it's the first time, but this, this movie was filmed subsequent with Superman 2. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the, the work in sub- Superman 2 is also directed by Richard Donner. And, you know, they knew that they were like, we're making Superman 1, and then we're Definitely making right. Superman this 2. This is already happening. And then a Justice League movie. And then two more prequel. <laughs> <laughs> then we're going to do Rogue One, a Superman story. Right. And then Aquaman and his fishy pals. <laughs> um, I do like... Um, there was... For me, Margot Kidder is really good, except there was a lot of screaming. Yeah. That I could have done without, and that is something... I mean, I don't think Margot Kidder has that screaming quality. Like, you know how they sort of... I'm, I'm trying to think of... I think in the newest King Kong, not this one that's coming out, but the Peter Jackson King Kong, they had yeah. to train Naomi Watts, Naomi Watts to mm-hmm. scream like a scream queen of the, yeah. of, the, of, the, of classic movies. And Margot Kidder doesn't have that, like, voice. She has sort of, like, a raspy, like, down-to-earth, like, ballsy... Yeah. 
brash reporter voice. And it works when she's in reporter mode. And then when she's just in like screaming mode, I didn't buy it. I was like, yeah. the lowest lane you've introduced me to would be like quietly, like sort of shuffling figuring her way out. out of this helicopter, yeah. like figuring it out rather than just screaming for help. So there was like, they almost made, no, I don't want to say that. I was going to say they almost made Lois Lane too brash, but I would say they made her too scream queeny. And like, yeah. she seemed to be able to handle herself. So I kind of wanted her to like do that. She could still be helpless in the end. She might be fighting a losing fight, but like, show me this this woman you've set up, yeah. this strong woman you've set up. Like, because you were right, it. you were right in the intro when you said that they kind of set her up as uh, like sort of able to go off in her own world. Like she's always walking and reading at the same time, and like she's not always like misspelling. She's always asking how things are spelled. She's like, always like just off yeah, in her own little, thing. just kind of a little bit flighty, but not not a, like she's not stupid she's by not any means. Ditzy, but yeah. she's like, yeah. She, so, but that, yeah, it is kind of like a third switch when she just comes, becomes a damsel who yeah. falls and screams. And it switch. felt like the movie didn't know, well, this is what Lois Lane does, right? Right. Yeah. Um, but she does have that kick-ass three-piece white suit at the end. And she does, uh, she is mostly, well, she helps uh, take down the mugger that takes, she kicks the gun out of his hand, but then he also Oh, yeah. Shoots but then them. he also tries to shoot her. <laughs> and if he, if Superman hadn't been there, she would have been dead. So. Yeah. There is that. Um, anything else? Anything Any you else? didn't like? I mean, it's pretty campy, and the uh, the the special effects are are at times laughable, laughably bad. Like there are some models in there that are very obviously models, yeah. but on the other hand, I wouldn't say that they were out of place for the time. I guess. Yeah, it's it's hard to say out of context like this, but uh, I think a lot of the flying holds up. The flying is okay. The models are didn't bother me as much as the Krypton stuff did. Like, oh, I mean, okay. not not that I like. I don't know what Krypton looks like right. in real life because it doesn't exist. But it, it is very much like. Thank a, you for clarifying. They had like it ten, was destroyed by the Red Sun, so it doesn't exist yeah, anymore. Yeah, but they had like ten people clearly on a <laughs> studio lot, like in a room. You said it was it was like this entire planet is inhabited by ten people. Yeah, I know. There's just no like all the people running around screaming when the plant entire planet is being destroyed is like just like uh, your family reunion uh, on Christmas. You're like, hey, what's up? It's like when I play Legend of Zelda and they're like, you have to save Hyrule. I'm like, you mean the seven people I've met so far? Is that what you're referring to? <laughs> Let uh, him have it, I say. And uh, I. It, it it was a little uh, laggy. There were from, elements, from I think, and part of it, I think, was because it's the first comic book movie, I'm assuming. Check me on that. Yeah. Jennifer, check the facts on that. Um, oh, I had to fire Jennifer. I forgot to tell <laughs> oh, you. no. Cutbacks. Please donate to our Pantheon. Pantheon. Wait, wait. Patreon. Patreon. <laughs> Parthenon. Patreon.com slash your Uh don't listen to Damon. Anyway, don't listen to a word this man says. Because it was the first comic book movie, yeah. there were weird elements that felt like they didn't. They were sort of like just throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. Like there's that opening crawl, not crawl, but there that opening little yeah. film strip, for lack of a better word, that opens it, and I'm like. No, you, you can just make the movie like a normal movie and we'll sort of catch up to who Superman is. You don't have yeah. to like do this weird prologue. And then that, what we found out, there's a scene when, when Superman interviews Lois Lane and then they go on a flight together. They, they have this weird yeah. 
You hear Lois spoken Lane's word inner monologue. poetry. Like she has an inner, a rhyming inner monologue that, if you, I mean, according to IMDb trivia, was it supposed to have was it supposed to was it supposed to was supposed to be sung initially, and it was yeah. just like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, the end, the climax. I mean, that, I mean, of course, the the spinning the earth spinning the other way. It just raises. Like any time travel movie, raises yeah. more questions than necessary. Just go ahead and accepting the physics of it, which is a right. big a big it's, acceptance. Uh, it still raises questions where you're like, so did he just let Hackensack die? How the- many DeLoreans are present now? <laughs> it just yeah, it was just like, oh, is there two Supermen? Where what's going on? How did yeah. he stop? We never actually see him stop the other missile. So I'm no. like. Am I presuming you stopped? And that he missile? has like plenty of time to save Lois, and he clearly stopped that because he clearly stopped that missile. It right. Did, and so if he stopped that missile, that means he couldn't have stopped the other. That was the whole point. Right. It just yeah. It's it doesn't really very make... confusing. There's also the movie sort of spends a lot of time in sub subjects, not to its detriment, but then starts skimming over other things in the third act. Yeah. Um, I think it has this this uh, perhaps longer than necessary part in Krypton. A fairly long section of his teenage years, but understandably long as well. But then in, once we're actually the actual plot of, of Lex Luthor starts going, um, we find out that he realizes there's a, a material that could kill Superman. And we yeah. only hear that he, one, is buying all this land in California, and two, Someone r- stole a meteorite from Addis Ababa yeah. in one line of dialogue from Perry White, just breezingly given off. I'm like, that was like act one and act two of its own movie just right. then. Yeah. Um, it just seemed to just start to glide over. I'm like, yeah, you know how this sort of stuff works. Yeah. Which part of me actually, now that we're in the era of like every comic book needs to be a movie and Every villain insists on being caught and, you know, because it's all part of his grand scheme and we know almost too much of the plan where we, right. we are able to actually pick it apart. It might actually be a blessing in disguise. They're just like, and he stole the stuff. He told yeah. you he was going to do it. You he, figured it out. He figured out what it was and he got it. Do we have to see Lex Luthor at the real estate office? Just yeah, like signing, signing papers. papers. Uh, so I do, is this, am I on the title or is this under my corporation? <laughs> and when I do property taxes, is that... Is that do I do back taxes or am I just this year in deep negotiations <laughs> with the Native American tribe that he bought the land from? Yeah. Um, yeah, so maybe it is a blessing in disguise that we skip over it, but it does also seem weird that they sort of set it up and then it's just thrown aside in a line of dialogue. Sure, yeah, and then we get the sort of we don't get much backstory to like the Miss Tessmacher's turn to like helping Superman. I mean, we get sure. like a little bit. We just get the like. We see that she's not entirely on the same page as Lex Luthor, but yeah. also, I mean, you're, no one seems to be keeping you hostage in this underground layer. Right. Yeah. Um, so what'd you think? Want to go to the verdict? Uh, yeah. I mean, with some uh, hesitation. No, I wouldn't say that. With some, like, the p- points we brought up. Yeah. I would say this is a good movie. Yeah. Your inner child's not an idiot. It's um, got some stupid parts. It's stupid. But if you're, you know, if you were a kid right now you would probably dig it like uh it's superman flying around it's fucking great it yeah makes you want, it makes you want to put your um you know hand up in the one air arm and, and, and then jump. switch to the other arm yeah so you could switch and that was because uh christopher reeve uh <laughs> flew gliders and he, yeah 
That so, was in like eight times in the IMDb <laughs> trivia. It was like, yeah, okay, I get it. I he got flew glider, it. glider and that helped him make Superman's flight more realistic. Uh, okay. It's a flying sure. man. Let's all fucking come. Sure, sure. Uh, what so is, does Superman always like if does Superman have to concentrate to fly or does he have to concentrate to stay on the ground? I think he has to concentrate to fly, although in, originally he just jumped really far. I heard that. Yeah. And from a rumor mill. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Right. Or fucking fly where or you don't have to do anything. Or fly over them. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. Um, but no, I think he just, I mean, bunch of asterisks around all of this science, you know, <laughs> science wise. But, you know, he, uh, he uses his strength to basically propel himself across. Yeah. Hmm. And then question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, if you uh, have your opinions about this movie, uh, reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram um, and uh, let us know what you think. You can also email us at uh, your inner child is an email. (laughs) (laughs) Your inner child is an idiot at gmail.com. But your inner child is sometimes an email and screw him for that. (laughs) What a... Weird thing to say. Once again, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash your inner child is an idiot, where you can uh, get all kinds of goodies uh, depending on the level of donation. And uh, we want to give a shout out to our patrons, Joshua Nicholson and Jonathan Day. Thank you guys so much. Uh, your You're doing pa- God's work. Your patronage helps us make bigger and better shows and keep making shows. And Damon's got 11 kids and they all smoke cigarettes. So um, Mostly because I force them. I don't want them getting too tall, you know? Yeah. I'm a short guy. I don't want to feel threatened. It's a short man's world, and they got to live in it. So, (laughs) Um, Thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next time. Oh, it's Star Wars again. I did Star Wars. And he is Jesus. And he is Jesus. And he is Jesus. He's the Messiah. He is here for you. He may die for your sins against doomsday that I...